0: Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24/7 home of the black and gold SNR back on the Blitz Wesley Euler rides solo with you here on this Wednesday afternoon mozi. With the day off. He'll be back on Friday, but we got plenty to get to here. Uh, those tweets are rolling in. We'll get to some of those in just a minute. We'll continue to have some conversation here about some of the Steelers' newest rookies. Of course, seven Steelers, uh, newest Pittsburgh Steelers, selected this past week, weekend in the NFL draft. You know, they. The NFL draft, I mean, I understand why they do things the way they do, right? It's all about the entertainment value and the money and making a spectacle of it. And it is. I mean, the first round of the draft is the NFL's second biggest day of the year after the Super Bowl. I get it. I'm not naive, all right? If you can make something, stretch something out for three days and get all that revenue and all that that commercial money and everything, I get it. But it makes it tough to label because it's not draft day anymore. It's over three days. And it's not really draft weekend either because it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I guess you could argue Friday as part of the weekend. Thursday, certainly not. Maybe when you're in college, right? But, but not in the real world. So you can't really say, you know, the Steelers selected seven new members of the organization on draft day because it's three days. You can't really say, this past weekend, the Steelers added seven new members to the organization because it wasn't really the weekend? You get what I'm saying. But seven uh, new young men, the newest to dawn the black and gold. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Kenny Pickett there in the first segment. Well, the Steelers taking Pickett at pick 20. They didn't waste much time in getting their new quarterback a new weapon. George Pickens, the selection at 52, wide receiver out of Georgia, the second straight year that the Steelers have gone offense with their first two picks in the draft. Uh, Pickens. Only played four games last year for the national champion Bulldogs, of course, because he was recovering from an ACL injury. But in those four games, he certainly had impact. Uh, He had a huge 52-yard reception in the national championship game against Alabama. He's a guy that I I know you've all seen the highlights in the videos now. He's got some (laughs) dog in him. And get it because he went to Georgia and played for the dogs but he's got some dog in him he's got some sandpaper to his game he's physical he's not afraid to mix it up a little bit he's you know, got some attitude and I I mean that in a good way he he plays with an edge uh he's got the skill he's got the fire he's got the passion uh and George Pickens going from Georgia national championship season there uh and joining Kenny Pickett up in Pittsburgh here's what George Pickens had to say when he sat down this weekend with Missy Matthews
1: The Pittsburgh Steelers select
2: George Pickens, Georgia. Bennett walks to go deep. Does George Pickens?
3: Um, take me through. You know, when you were drafted, where you were, who you were with, and who called you.
1: Um, I was with my family. Uh, who was in Florida, uh, like near my, around the Florida Panhandle, and uh, I was really just thinking, like, uh, you know glad to be a Steeler, but it was all happening so fast. So like, you really couldn't think too much. So, but it was just a great feeling, to be honest.
3: Did you know it was Coach Tomlin right away?
1: Yeah, 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 it was like a certain voice. George, what's going on Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers? So I was like, yeah. And uh, after that, it was just, it's all, it, it happened so fast. So it's like, after you get the call, you kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's on from there. So it was pretty a good experience too.
3: Um, How much interest do you feel the Steelers had in you in terms of, you know, meeting different people from the organization and your pro day?
1: Uh, I'll probably say, I wouldn't say a lot because, you know, it's like a lot of other coaches there too from a lot of other teams. But like, uh, as far as like this, helping me during the workout during my pro day, uh, you can kind of see like those were like the only, that was like the only guys that was really trying to help. The other guys are just, you know, watching. So you can't really make a judgment off of that. But, you know, you kind of have a gist. Of like what's going on
3: everybody talks about your pro day you know especially coming back from the injury take me through what that was like and how you felt you did you know especially when you were done with it you could be like all right that happened
1: it was uh it was kind of like a shocking to me because that was my first time like running without a brace or anything like that but i've actually been like preparing myself for that point so like every route was really like a oh it's my first time running routes again but it felt so good and like after the first or second route i was good to go after that and i knew i was gonna have like a special day
3: did you surprise yourself how fast you were able to come back from that injury
1: uh not really but then again yeah because like uh it wasn't like a. It was. It wasn't like I was rushing it and I'm not ready. It was actually like it just happened so quick. You know what I mean? Like it happened quick. Uh, I was actually healed. And uh, when I got back on the field, I just wanted to be back with my guys again. So like, that's really what it was. the motions out, third and nine. They look that direction. They throw the ball up to
3: the air. Right on cue. Touchdown. Offensive coordinator Matt Matt Canada kept saying explosive. Yeah. Uh, tell us what's so explosive about your game.
1: Uh, really everything. I'll probably say, uh, my catch radius. Uh, I'm tall. My arms are long. Uh, like you were just talking about, I'm fast too. So like, uh, strong, physical. I can block. I can really do everything. And uh, I think when they say explosive, like that's a, like an overall aspect mm-hmm. of my game. So yeah.
3: And do you have a preference where you play?
1: Uh, nah, not really. Uh, just go with the flow. That's kind of like my personality too. Like, just go with the flow.
3: <laughs> do you feel comfortable though? Inside um, or outside? More? Yeah, yeah.
1: I played uh, like at practice. I would always uh, play slide okay. and, uh, instead of just outside because that was like my game. You know, when I get in the game, I'll play that. But like practice, I always play slide, uh, catch like jet sweep screen and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was always comfortable with, you know, in tight spaces. I was just always bigger. So it forced me to the outside, you know what I mean?
3: What do you know about the Steelers offense and maybe the transitioning it's it's making with, you know, Ben Roethlisberger retiring?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's making it into like a, you know, like a modern, a modern type of offense, a modern type of game style uh, with like the new quarterbacks coming in, such as Kenny, uh, got Trubisky, you know what I mean? Got a few other guys too. So Ben brought like a really, you know, like a, I wouldn't say an old school, but a different style of play to like the Steelers. Uh he was a big body. He don't gotta really move around the pocket because he just you're not gonna bring him to the ground, you know what I mean? So like it was a different type of play style. But now I feel like it's a RPO, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh run pass option, uh play action pass, everything's gonna be a lot faster for sure.
0: George Pickens there, catching up with Missy Matthews on Steelers TV. You know what? I, I, I like that for Pickens there. I mean, he's got the big Ben scouting reports. He's familiar with Kenny Pickett and with Mitch Trubisky. Um, certainly seems like a bright guy. He's confident in his skill set. That's important at this level, I think, particularly wide receiver is one of those positions. you you got to believe you can go out there and get it done, that you can play on the outside, that you can make plays stretch in the field, that you can be impactful in the run game as well, too, and, and have some impact with your blocking. And it seems like George Pickens uh, checks all those boxes, has the confidence, has the skill set, and he is uh, your newest Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver at pick 52. There's been a lot of investment to the offense, hasn't there? I mean, over the last two drafts and in 2021, last year's draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers, all four of their first four picks were used on the offensive side of the football. Uh, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. Kendrick Green, and Dan Moore Jr. And in this season, three of the first four picks used on the offensive side of the football in the draft. Uh, you add two offensive linemen in free agency. You add Mitch Trubisky in free agency as well, too. So there's been a lot of onus, I think, on getting the offense to take a step forward. And you know, if the run game can improve, if the O-line can improve, if things can get a little bit better under Matt Canada with what they're able to do a little bit more with maybe some more mobility at the quarterback position, the offense takes a step forward. I think we'd all be feeling pretty good about this team. Uh, A big reason for that, obviously, is because we all, I think, have the faith that that this defense can be very good once again. They were good in moments. They were good in spurts. They certainly won the Steelers games last year. Tennessee game comes to mind. Seattle Seahawks game comes to mind. There's there's a few times in there where the defense just shut the door and refused to let the Steelers lose. They also finished dead last in the NFL in, in terms of rush yards. In terms of rushing defense, I should say, pardon me. So, while there was a lot of good last year for the Steelers, they led the led the league in in uh, in sacks for the fifth straight year. They also, you know, <laughs> had more trouble than anyone else stopping the run. So, while there's been a lot of onus on the offensive side of the football, we all know for the defense. They have the ability to be elite. They've shown it in flashes, but there has to be some, you know, some tinkering done there. You hope that getting Tyson Alu Alu back, you hope that Stephon Tuit, you know, getting him back and and those guys fully engaged helps. Miles Jack into the fold. You've done some retooling in the secondary. I think we all feel really good about the defense. Well, another guy who's been added to that group and will be tasked um, with all these things we just discussed and and helping the defense maintain a high performance the entire season. Demarvin Leal. Defensive end out of Texas A&M. We were able to talk to him uh, on SNR. Bright young guy. Seems like he's got a, a plethora of skill sets. Eight and a half sacks last year at A&M. The most of his college career. So maybe it all really starting to come together with him. Uh, here is the selection of DeMarvin Liao. Some thoughts uh, from from both Carl Dunbar uh, and from our, our guy Matt Williamson as well too.
3: Missy Matthews joined by Matt Williamson. The Steelers have just selected a defensive lineman, DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M, a defensive lineman. We're going to head upstairs to the podium to hear from defensive coordinator Terrell Austin to talk about the Steelers pick in the third round.
4: Here to talk about the guy we just drafted, DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M. Uh, really liked him as a football player. Uh, really versatile, loose body, upper body plays multiple positions across the line, uh, really going to, uh, we think, has an opportunity to be a good player for us um, when he gets in here. But he uh, he does offer some versatility. Uh, he's got the frame to get a little bit bigger. Uh, but he does some things pass rush-wise and the run game-wise that, that we really like and, and we value here. Questions? Where do you see his best pick? That's a lot. I know you said all over, but... Yeah, I think uh, initially we'll probably uh, look at him at an end spot. It's, it all depends. Uh, you know, He has some flexibility, but you know, if you're playing base defense, you can look at him as an end. Uh, when you're playing in your nickel defense, you may look at him at a different position. That's all to be determined as we get going. Carol,
1: uh, you mentioned this. He has a frame.
4: Will he need to uh, put a little weight on if he's going to play inside? I think if he's going to play in the base, yeah. Yeah, that... that, that that position takes a little, a bigger, a bigger man, and he's got the frame to do it. I don't see anything. I think he probably was playing it the way he was because that's where they needed him at his school. Uh, I have no reservations about uh, him being able to fit anywhere in our scheme. Uh, just once he gets here, we'll figure that out. Were you
1: surprised to get him this late? Some people said he was probably going to go in the second round.
4: Absolutely, we had it. We had a, uh, we had a very nice uh, grade on him. And uh, the fact that he was sitting there really surprised all of us. And and so I think it was a no-brainer for us to to choose him.
0: How much of a priority was it for you guys to add to the defensive line in this draft?
4: I think you're always looking to add, uh, first thing, you're always looking to add good players, uh, regardless of the position, because good players help us uh, become a better team. Uh, But I think, you know, you want to add some, you always, if you can add a quality defensive lineman, a young defensive lineman. that, that always is helpful. Uh, you can't ever have enough of those guys in really corners. Did he do a lot of similar
2: things at
0: A&M that, that you're going to ask him to do here? and you know, How does he do against the run?
4: He does. He, he, he will do a lot of things that are similar. Uh, the difference is they don't play. Uh, a lot of times the offenses they play against are a little bit different than what they'll play up here. Uh, but he has the ability to do all the things that we'll ask him to do. Uh, you'll see him do it. He plays hat and hands at the line of scrimmage. He gets off. You see him pass rush. He actually is so versatile. He'll play on the nose. He's played out in space. He's played out uh, on the edge. So uh, he'll be able to do what we want. I don't think that's ever going to be an issue with this young man. Darrell, was it important to add some youth on the defensive line, and some of those
2: guys aren't getting
4: any younger? Yeah, I think I think it's again, like I said, Jerry, I think it's it's important to to continue to add. Because uh, you add young depth, young legs, uh, and, and you have an opportunity to develop those guys. And I think that's really important uh, to add those young guys in there. I, I think if you look, I'm going to bring up a guy from last year, Milk, we got him, and he really developed towards the end of the year and was playing, and, and, and he's going to develop into being a nice player. And I think that's why you, you always grab a young, talented uh, defensive lineman if you have an opportunity. Part of that, too, you able to lean on hurt the cam or
2: even to Tyson or, or to it in terms of being those guys <clears throat> that in the league for long what they all have to be able to be that guide I guess absolutely
4: of- and I think we have we have great veteran leadership and, and those guys mentor guys and because they understand the standard that's here uh, with our defense and, and and they want those guys uh, even though they're coming in behind them to, to live up to that standard and be able to understand what it takes to, to execute to that standard
2: you remind you of anybody you've had over the years
4: no, it's hard to say. He looks like a lot of good college players. And then we get here, we'll figure it out what he looks like.
2: Other than Tyson, I don't know that you guys have a prototypical bigger nose behind him. Is that a concern at all for you as you think about the base?
4: No. Uh, it's uh, Right now it's not a concern. I'm just worried about the draft and these young guys that are coming in. I, you know, all that other stuff will sort itself out as we get through OTAs and work through, phase. you know, the different phases here. So, uh, right now I'm just kind of concerned with the draft and where those guys are. and, and you know, once the guys we get where they kind of slide in. Anyone else? When you look at the struggles against the run last year, how much did you kind of attribute that to not having to it and the depth of the defensive line, and how much was it other things? Well, here's what I'll say. Uh, Again, uh, not to get off, we're kind of getting out into different areas, and it's, you know, how about if I just talk about the draft tonight and then I'll answer all these questions because I'm sure they're going to come up at a different time about where we are depth-wise and maybe how the, the concerns we had based on last year. Uh, but really just kind of kind of sticking to that guy. It's, you know, it's, it's his night. Um, really excited to have that young man and, and, and how I think he fits in with us. Gerald, we good with any, that?
0: Did you have any interactions with him or any intangibles that stuck to you about him?
4: I did not have any uh, interactions. Uh, Coach Dunbar was at his pro day, and uh, and he came back with, with some good some good news about him. And, and He liked the kid. He liked his demeanor. He liked the way he worked. Uh, and so that's always good. That always goes into the evaluation uh, of of the player. And so we felt real comfortable with him. Anyone else? All right. Thanks, to you. Thanks. thanks.
3: All right, we just had a chance to hear from Steelers defensive coordinator Terrell Austin to talk about the Steelers third round pick, pick number 84 overall, DeMarvin Leel out of Texas a and a defensive lineman, Missy Matthews with Matt Williamson once again. And there you kind of look at his stats, what he was able to accomplish in college. Uh, what do you know about him and how does he fit in terms of what the Steelers need of infusing some youth among that defensive line?
2: Yeah, really interesting. And in a way, he has some George Pickens similarities. and and a a phrase that Coach Tomlin likes to say He's a high pedigree player. Mm -hmm. Went to a big school as a massive recruit, immediate success, immediate production, and the last year or so hasn't gone quite as planned, you know, for whatever reason. Um, As people probably could put together, Dan Moore blocked him in practice for a couple of years, and Buddy Johnson played behind him, so they went to the school last year for two players. If you don't like him, you say he's a tweener and he's a defensive lineman without a home. If you like him, which Steelers do, Mm -hmm. you say he's versatile. And they use that word several times. He is lined up on the edge out of a two-point stance all the way into nose. And when the Steelers are in their 3-4, I'm sure he'll be a 3-4 defensive end. But the the term base defense is a massive misnomer. That's not the base. That's the exception now. Mm -hmm. Nichols is the base. And he will be an interior pass rusher in nickel. And that's what he does best. So they'll find mismatches with him all across the line and develop them. He's got a lot of traits.
3: And speaking of developing, T.A. mentioned, you know, Isaiah Loudermilk, someone they drafted Mm -hmm. in last year's class uh, that they developed, who we saw play an awful lot due to the injuries among the defensive line. The one thing that T.A. did say is, you know, with him moving more to the middle, adding some weight to his frame, uh, how much do you think that would take to maybe get him to where the Steelers would need him?
2: Him and Loudermilk are very different. They'll both be called defensive ends here, I think. But Loudermilk's three inches taller, longer arms, mm-hmm. more of a lockout guy where Neil's going to win with initial quickness, leverage, uh, I called him Leal. it's Liao, I've made Leo. him say a couple okay. times in the process, <laughs> so just so everyone knows, it's, it's Liao, um, but he, he can get low, he, he's quicker off the snap, um, he's impressive, I, I didn't know if he would fit here or not, but the fact that they like him this much in the third round indicates to me that on third downs, he'll probably be out on the field next to Cam or to it or a guy like that rushing from the interior. Well,
3: it sounds like they like him a lot because yeah. what T.A. said was, quote, a very nice grade on him. And he said that with a smile not mm-hmm. to say too much. So, obviously, someone the Steelers have been looking after. Uh, so, thanks so much for that, Matt. You know, Art Rooney, the second, as we said on SNR, talked about wide receiver, D-line. Cornerback would be the next one. Tomorrow is day three. Currently, the Steelers have picks in the fourth round, one in the sixth, two in the seventh Uh have to address that, right?
2: I think so. And we talked about it even when Pickens was drafted, Mm -hmm. that I really like the third-round range for developmental corners. And there's still a lot out there.
0: Matt Williamson, Missy Matthews there, Steeler TV, talking about the selection of DeMarvin Leal out of Texas A&M. He sat down with us on Steelers Nation Radio on Saturday. He is a Texas guy through and through, has never seen snow before in his life. Good thing we don't get too much of that here in Western Pennsylvania. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. Let's get to some of your tweets here before we go to break. I'm flying solo today, so you know I always got time for the tweets when I'm riding solo. Uh, Steeler Nation 920 tweets. A couple questions. Want to know your opinion on Mateo Durant. Uh, Hey, I mean, they gave him the most ever UDFA money the Steelers did in franchise history. So they must like him. He's a running back out of Duke, of course, for those who are unfamiliar. Um, we've talked about this leading up to the draft. You need to add to that running back room. I still wouldn't hate it if the Steelers added a veteran. And I, when I say this, I don't mean it as an insult, but like the, the proverbial adult in that room, and I don't mean that from a maturity standpoint. I mean that from, you know, just someone who's not on their rookie contract. Uh, you know. Benny Snell's second year, or sorry, um, Najee Harris' second year, Benny Snell's still on his rookie deal, Anthony McFarlane's still on his rookie deal. I I wouldn't mind adding someone who's had six, seven, eight years in the league at that position for a veteran presence in that room and, and somebody who at this stage in their career is, you know, comfortable with with being the number two, with being the backup. There's still those guys out there, certainly. That could still happen. Um, but I do like Mateo Durant. And like I said, I, I think it's pretty clear the Steelers like him. At least they better because they gave him the largest ever UDFA contract uh, for a running back in franchise history. <laughs> Steeler Nation 920 says, How about them Penguins? Yeah, I tell you what, I'm a little low on sleep after that one last night, but your team wins in triple overtime. You can't complain. Uh, Steeler Nation 920 also wants to know, What are your favorite French fries? He says, Mine are seasoned waffle fries. So I'm I'm guessing you mean style than 920. You don't mean specifically like, oh, like McDonald's fries are my favorite fries, right? You're you're talking more style. Oh. Honestly, that's a tough one because I, I like them all. I don't discriminate. I like regular fries. I like steak fries. I like waffle fries. I like curly fries. To me, though, they 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 gotta have some good seasoning on them. Those those are my favorite style of fries. Like if you're familiar with the fast food, you know different debates there. I really like the checker style fries, like the the Popeye style fries, like right the ones that have some seasoning, the ones that have some some, you know maybe a little 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 Cajun added to them, a little seasoning added to them. Uh, but really just point blank period in terms of French fries, I like them to be crispy. And I know here in Pittsburgh that can be a little bit of a of a debate thing because some people like those soggy fries and they think they go better on sandwiches and all that. and I guess soggy fries do kind of go better on sandwiches. But if I'm just talking straight up French fries, they gotta be crispy, cousin. All right? They got to be crispy. That's my biggest requirement. Finally, nation 920 wants to know, do you have a favorite flavor of mountain dew? I'm not a huge pop guy. I'll drink the occasional Pepsi. I drink the occasional Dr. Pepper. I drink the occasional Coke. It's really certain foods. Like, if I'm having a pizza, I like to have a Pepsi. If I'm having McDonald's, I gotta have a Coke. Things like that. But I don't... I'm I'm not a huge Sody Pop guy. I don't drink it very often. Maybe only once or twice a month. Favorite Mountain Dew flavor? Uh, Baja Blast. I mean, who am I kidding? I am a Taco Bell guy at heart. Steel City Champs tweets us. And... uh says, "I wish Master Moats was in house for this question, but I would still like your opinion. Is Kenny Pickett a Andy Dalton experiment, or do you see him developing into a franchise quarterback? Who, not the, not the Andy Dalton experiment? Come on, Steel City Champs. Um, I think Kenny Pickett, yes, has franchise quarterback potential. Do I ever think he's going to be a top five quarterback in the league like Ben Roethlisberger was for stretches? I do not. Do I?" Think that Kenny, you know that, that we'll be talking about him as he's one of the best five, six, or seven guys in the league. I don't know if he has that type of development potential, but I also think he he can he can be a quarterback that plays in this league for a long time and, and has success and and does really well. I I think Andy Dalton might be a little too too low for my taste. I think there's some some Derek Carr upside there. I think maybe that's the the better comparison that I would go with. And I do think Derek Carr is a a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. I realize, I think Andy Dalton's won more division titles and some things like that. Um, But I think Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback. Again, I don't think he's top five, six, seven in the league, but I certainly think he's top 10, top 12. And you can certainly win with a guy like that. The Raiders were in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I don't know about Andy Dalton. I do think he develops into a franchise quarterback. But in terms of the truly elite five, six, seven guys in the league, I don't know if he ever reaches that level. Matt tweets and says, you got to pick it before you stick it. I know that's not exactly a nickname, but it could be a great chant. We're really trying with this nickname thing. I love it. It's going to happen eventually. It's going to happen. Sensei tweets and says, may the fourth be with you. Yeah, you too. Did you guys see that Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer drop today? Oh, baby. I'm excited. Jason tweets, do you think there is room for both Connor Hayward and Derek Watt on the roster? Uh, No, if I'm being honest. I think they might find a way. But I don't know if you need both necessarily, particularly when you consider what one of those guys is getting paid. Now I do know the special teams value is there as well, too. That's a good question, Jason. So maybe yes, actually, now that I talk myself into it. Diev tweets us and says, I know we got Cam Hayward on defense to keep people in check, but who do you think fills that role on the offense? We've got so many young guys. Who's going to step up and be that leader and hold guys accountable? Yeah, and I don't know if they necessarily had that last year either, Like We all all know what Ben Roethlisberger is. That's a future Hall of Famer. But he hasn't necessarily always been the most rah-rah vocal guy throughout his career either, right? That was more Marquise Pouncey's job. I don't think you have that guy currently on offense. Now, there's certainly some of those young guys could emerge as that. You know, maybe Najee or Fryer-Muth emerges as that. Maybe one of your young offensive linemen emerges as that guy. Um, but maybe that gets back to, I still wouldn't hate it if they added another veteran addition to this offense. Someone who's been in the league for seven or eight years. Someone who's won some division titles and some playoff games. And has got some, you know, some experience. Uh, has got some tenure in the National Football League. Because they do. They got leaders, I think, all over the place on defense. On offense, it's a lot of young guys. It's a lot of guys on their rookie deal. A lot of guys who are new to Pittsburgh. So you do need leaders to to emerge on that side of the ball, certainly as well. Rebecca, the lit one. Lit, 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 lit. Says, hey, Wes, did you stay up for all the overtimes last night? You're dang right I did, Rebecca. She said, I was afraid to watch uh, and shut it off after the second. Oh, no, come on. You got to stay awake. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm a... I'm doing the Pens reports now for iHeartRadio, so I have to record a a Penguins report every single day. So yeah, I had to stay up for all the overtimes last night because I had to I had to record a little segment as soon as it was over. But like I said, I'll stay up I'll stay up late all the time if it means a, a triple overtime victory in Game One. You'll take that. Don Juan tweets: uh, What do you think about Mike Davis? The Falcons released him. With me being a Bama guy, I like the free agent signing of Chris Owens. Yeah, there's listen, there's. This time of year and going forward into training camps, there's always times to tinker. You can get better in the margins. Teams are going to continue to release guys. They'll do that in training camp. You know, occasionally you get the the Joe Hayden type surprise, right, where where a guy falls into your lap. Um, I don't know if there's anybody particularly that I'm, you know, like screaming or pounding the table for. I mean, Mike Davis is another one of those running back types that we mention. Let me see here, real quick. Google this real quick. He's 29 years old, so he would certainly be the the veteran adult room or adult presence in the room um, wouldn't hate it wouldn't hate it that's the type that's the type of guy that I'm 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 looking at Annie tweets and says I keep hearing on the national shows that the Steelers offensive line is bad locally we know changes have been made do you see more coming I'm cautiously optimistic we will see significant improvement in their play I'm not I don't see any more changes coming to the offensive line unless again there's like a surprise release of somebody across the league that the Steelers try and go get but uh, significant improvement is the question. I think there will be improvement. Certainly, will it be significant? That's what we're hoping for, and I don't expect it to happen right away. You've got new position coaches. You've got an offense that's going to go in a different direction, new quarterback. It's going to take some time for everything to come together, but if, if this team wants to get to where you know they want to go, they're, they're going to need to have significant improvement from the offensive line by the end of the season. The run game has has been stagnant at best the last two years, and that can't continue. I'm going to take a break here. we got a few more tweets from Ben, from Jared, from Adam. We'll get to those on the other side as we wrap up the show. I'm Wesley Euler, You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.